At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Always follow the, follow the money. That's what I always say. You always follow yeah, the money. Yeah. This is Follow the Money with Mitch Moss and Polly Howard on VSIN. Can't wait to talk to Adam Chernoff in mere moments. Golf season's here. Bet River Sportsbook, your home for hundreds of golf betting options. Hit a hole in one this week with the new specials at Bet River Sportsbook all week long. Place pre tournament wagers to win money towards free bets. When your favorite golfer has a birdie, eagle, etc., download the app or visit BetRivers.com to take part in the biggest week of golf all year. BetRivers.com for details. All right. Uh, this is going to be a lot of fun. Our good friend, Adam Chernoff, he joins us uh, every week during the football season. He works for Covers.com. He is in Toronto. He is a Canadian. Uh, and he's in, uh, there today covering everything that's going on in terms of legal sports betting and how big of a day this is in Ontario. Adam, thanks for the time as always. Good morning. Can you just put it, try to put it in perspective? How big is it today? This is massive. It's a really big deal. And I think it parallels into what a lot of people felt in New Jersey uh, almost four years ago now when sports betting launched there. But uh, for those in the States that don't know, in terms of market size from a state or province, Ontario would be fifth on population base behind Florida, California, Texas, and New York. And so we are already in the span of nine hours here since launch at midnight up to almost a dozen sports books. There's potential within the short term future to push close to 30. We're getting already seven different odds providers that may turn into more than a dozen odds providers as well. So this is a massive market with a lot of differences to what we've seen in the U.S., it's a very interesting situation unfolding, but huge day in Ontario and for Canadians. I mean, think about that for a second, Paul. Up to 30 different sports books in Ontario. And what do we have in La- top of my head? What do we have, like nine, maybe, in Las Vegas? And he's talking about tripling that? Are they offering, all of them offering bonuses? So all of them so far are offering bonuses. Mama. And where that gets really interesting is the biggest difference for just a user perspective or just a casual player perspective is that only sports books on their website can mention or reference the bonus. So if you're listening to this from a regulated U.S. state, you're probably used to seeing commercials for sports books every two seconds, deposit offers, everything that you can think of being thrown at you. None of that is permitted in Canada. And so what it's doing is taking a lot of emphasis off of that sort of effort to just throw money at people and really putting an emphasis on the sports books branding themselves and long-term care of their customers. In theory, it sounds great. (laughs) We'll wait and see how it happens. We sort of heard a lot of things about what went on in U.S. states, but it has a very different look and feel from what we've seen in the states. And with these offers, it's kind of a little bit unclear because you just don't see them like you would in regulated U.S. states. Okay, interesting. So you've signed up for how many accounts so far? I uh, have eight different apps downloaded. 
there's a lot of verification processes that are going on. Um, sportsbooks are sort of testing things out. It was a launch that crept up on a lot of sportsbooks with the announcement and then a lot of the late regulations. And so they've been having to sort through a lot of issues. And so there's different verification procedures that players now have to go through. But there's also a lot of geofencing going on, which is causing people to need to download secondary apps mm. just to verify that everything is safe and in place for how they're playing, which in theory should be a very good thing for the player. Um, been pretty smooth so far considering the enormity of the rollout for a lot of these apps, but it's um, been a couple extra steps. So haven't been able to bet anything yet, but have the accounts and apps downloaded, and it's going to be a busy couple of days here for me in Ontario betting-wise. Yeah, no question. So of the eight that you have as of right now, and going back to what you said about promos and bonuses, you haven't really seen anything yet on any of those eight? They have everything published on site, but in terms of the issuing of them, okay. um, nothing's been issued yet. But if you've signed up and you're playing with them, then you know what you're getting. What advice do you have for people to take advantage of the bonuses? Yeah, once they're there. Uh, good question. So uh, you have to look at it from two perspectives. Like if you're a new player or you're just playing as like a, an average everyday player, and then if you're kind of really looking to take advantage and approach it from more of a professional standpoint. But what I would say for anybody, and this applies not just to people in Ontario and in Canada, but also anywhere in regulated states that may be watching and listening, if you're just the everyday player, these are out there for you to take advantage of. So you have to think about the path in which you take. I think that's incredibly important. And what you want to do, I call it in an article I wrote, the sportsbook snowball. It's very simple. If you're in your state or province, you list out all the bonuses from the lowest and easiest to clear, like the cheapest ones to the most expensive and most difficult to clear. And what you really want to go after is the initial promo offers. So like the bet $5 to be guaranteed to win 200 Go through all of those really, really quickly and accumulate that money to play off the bigger ones. And what you'll find is as you go and you take advantage of all these initial free bets and all these really quick offers where you can turn a small amount of money into something bigger very quickly, because you just have a lot more to play with. And then you can attack these bigger risk-free bet promotions. And as you go through all of these, again, you're bonus bankroll, so to speak, snowballs as you go through all of these sports books. And you may find, especially in some regulated states, that you can take $100 and go through 8 to 12 sports books. And at the end of it, without taking on much risk, you may have $1,500, $2,000 in the account. So if you're a new player, go and list every sports book in your state or where you play, smallest to largest, Start with those small ones, clear them very quickly, accumulate the money, and then use those to work into the risk-free bets. And you'll grow a bankroll very, very quickly without very much risk. And it'll put you in a good position for those really big offers where you're getting a thousand plus. Okay. And then obviously for the pros, this is going to sound a bit different. That is superb advice. No doubt. Adam Chernoff, our guest, covers.com in Toronto right now for the opening of uh, sports betting legalization in Ontario. We have like four minutes here in this segment. Can you explain what's going on with future bets at almost every book, from what I understand anyway, from bettors up in Canada who had maybe Austin Matthews to win the heart or longer? I know a buddy, I brought this up earlier, who, who stood to win $100,000 on Jaron Jackson to win Defensive Player of the Year. What happened with those uh, pending future bets? This has been kind of the messy sticking point for a lot of bettors so far. Um, 
it was actually a very tough situation, not only for the betters who stand to not win a lot of future money, but it was also a tough spot for the books too. And so what happened was about two weeks ago, the Ontario iGaming Regulation Board came out and said, if you're a sports book that is currently operating in what is known as the gray market, and so that's right now any sports book who's taking bets that's not regulated prior to today. If you're in that market and you plan on joining the regulated market, none of the bets that you took in the gray market can carry over to your site in the regulated market. So it was an essentially a forced stop for all of the sports books to start fresh. And so we have a situation where there's about nine of those sports books that are moving from the gray market into the regulated market. And so what they had to do as of midnight today, 12.01 a.m., they had to void any of the pending future bets that they had because so, it couldn't carry over. And so that means, like you mentioned, there were a ton of people with Austin Matthews who's having an enormous season. They had him tied to all sorts of awards and milestone bets because with all these books in Canada, there was a, an extensive offering for hockey, especially with the local team of Toronto. So all of those people find themselves in a very difficult spot. There were a lot of things tied to different NBA teams as the season is coming to a close. There was a lot obviously tied to NHL futures, but then there was also a lot of NFL futures because we've had a massive offseason of movement and we've seen teams bouncing all over. All of those bets end up getting voided. So anybody who had a ticket and stood a chance to win, they either had to cash out their bet which was unfortunate because sportsbooks, of course, on the cash out were taking about 18% VIG on top of the offer they were already giving you, Oof. or you just had your bets voided. So there's a, so far to date just one sportsbook that has actually come out and said, we're going to help you guys. If your future wins, you can email support. We'll help you out and credit your account. Everyone else has gone the route of just voiding the bets. So tough spot all around. Mm -hmm. but. In theory, this is for the better, as now everybody is now in a regulated environment, and they were playing with those gray books before. So tough spot that came in really late, and it's sort of been the one sore spot of everything that's going on so far. I was going to say, I can't even imagine the feedback that you're getting from locals up there regarding this. We've had people in our Discord channel, which we just set up to help everyone because there's so many questions about what's going on. But like you said, you had the friend that stood to win nearly six figures. We've had people with $40,000 um, future tickets that were two weeks away from winning. Oh. We've had a lot of people with uh. tickets tied to the Leafs, to the Suns, um, five-figure tickets. Like there's a, There was a lot just within that community that were impacted by this. And it, it's shocking to me that although the sportsbooks were in a very difficult situation, my one sort of gripe with everything, because I know that none of these sportsbooks wanted this to happen, and it was forced from the government side. Mm -hmm. But my one gripe was just how closed off a lot of the operators have been. It's been very hard to contact them. It's been very hard to get a public statement from any of them. They've just not done a lot to go out of their way and help the players, which was disappointing. But my hope is that within the regulated market now, that conversation or accessibility becomes a little bit easier for a lot of the players because as a sports book, really you're providing a service essentially the betters that should be about taking care of them 
And I would like to see that happen a little bit more, but it's just a little unfortunate how some of them have handled it to date. Spot on. Uh, Hang tight. Follow him on Twitter. He is at Adam Chernoff. He's excellent on the NFL. He's going to stick around for one more segment, and uh, we'll have him run down some of his favorite moves. And my God, we've had countless moves in the NFL and uh, in terms of maybe future bets to make on NFL teams and some draft stuff as well. That's coming up next here on Follow the Money. The Sports Betting Network. Elevate your live betting game, introducing points bet new exclusive feature, live same game parlays for the NBA for the first time ever. Build the perfect live same game parlay only with points bet. Combine your favorite bets anytime during the game, including spreads, totals, props, and more. Once a game starts, live your bet life with points bet. Download the app today. Use code VSIN2K. Get two risk-free bets up to $2,000. Gambling problem, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text 467-369 or call 800-GAMBLER for crisis counseling. Another segment, Double Shot with Adam Chernoff, Covers.com, talking about what's going on today in Ontario. Uh, how about your, your Mr. NFL and had a great NFL season? What did you make of this incredible offseason and all the moves and also win totals released at various places? Uh, I mean, it's been fantastic, and I... I thought it was interesting that we were like, it was during major sporting events in other seasons and still the news of NFL was able to dominate all of those and get everybody's attention. So I think it just speaks to how popular the NFL is and how much we like betting on it, but it's creating an interesting situation where obviously there's all the talent in the AFC and there's all of the big names. But when you start to look at what that has done collectively throughout the conference, to the strength of schedule numbers of a lot of the teams. It's amazing how so many of these teams that we're now talking about and all of this talent that we're seeing on all these different AFC teams, it's very difficult when you're starting to look through the strengths of schedule projections based on the win totals to find a team that doesn't have an incredibly difficult schedule from all of these ones that are making the moves. And so what it's done has kind of warped things a little bit and just pulled all of those teams into the difficult side of the schedule range. And so when you're thinking about win totals or you're looking at divisional or conference futures, usually you're trying to pair that up with a really easy path. And when you're trying to do that in the AFC, it's really difficult to find those teams that stand out. So it's kind of skewed things a little bit more than we've seen in seasons past and creating a really interesting dynamic. Uh, What were your favorites? moves there were so many of them was there did anything happen like under the radar that nobody really talked about that you liked or was it an obvious one I think the most under the radar move that we're not talking about just because it's not quarterbacks is the Cincinnati Bengals and what they've done to their offensive line a good point and I mean we don't have to go far back it's only two months ago that it was two weeks leading up to the Super Bowl talking about how big of an issue this offensive line is for the Bengals and how if they only had this offensive line to protect Joe Burrow, how great this team could be. And that was really like the main focal point of the handicap for anybody who bet on the Rams in that game. 
And we ultimately saw what happened where the Rams were able to dominate and it all came true, what everyone was saying. But very quietly, as everyone's signing quarterbacks and making big wide receiver moves, the Bengals have gone and signed a couple top-tier veterans to put on that offensive line, and they still have some workability and some capital to spend throughout the draft and the remainder of the offseason to bolster that. And they haven't given much away either. It's only been improvements up front. And so I think that really, really goes under the radar in a division where, again, we're sort of seeing them sink down just because of how difficult this AFC is becoming. But this is a team that just made it to the Super Bowl. They kind of had that divide between like sort of the professional betting community and how they were performing within games. But now you sort of eliminate that big weakness that they have up front. And I think there's reason to be generally optimistic about the Bengals going forward because They've gone a very long way to fix that that nobody seems to really be talking about. Why do you like the Saints over? Well, I would have absolutely loved it if we still had Peyton. But even without him, we have Dennis Allen stepping in. I think this is a very attractive number at eight. I think this is they, they won nine last year with nothing but problems, nothing but turnover on the roster. They were riddled with injuries. They didn't know who was going to be a quarterback. They were switching throughout the season. I mean, that team was a mess last year, nearly made the playoffs, still won nine games. We know that things this year are going to be a lot more settled. Um, They're obviously going through a coaching change, but it's not like they're bringing in somebody new. This is still a very, very good defense. This is still a very good offensive line. And if Thomas is able to come back and that gets sorted out, we have a situation where you have two of the most dynamic skill players still on that team and they've got some space to maneuver in the off season as well. And so that price has come down and I don't necessarily agree with that. I think it's short, but then also within the rest of the division. So if the Panthers bring back Sam Darnold, which it appears like they're going to do with that coaching situation and that team, not very high on them. I think the Buccaneers are getting a little bit too much attention with how much their price is shortened. With Tom Brady returning, I think the coaching change there, the Jets fan, I know very well what it looks like with Todd Bowles as an HC, not saying it's going to go that poorly, but to me, I'm just, I think the Buccaneers are very overpriced. And now the Falcons without Matt Ryan, I think that could be one of the worst teams overall in the NFL. And you sort of have the Saints sitting there. There's not a lot of flash at the QB position, and there's some uncertainty about what might go on there. Was it Jameis? Is it going to be Hill? What's going to happen? But I just, I think the foundation in that team is really, really solid. And they did so much a year ago with much less that I think this year there's just a lot of stability within key pieces in that team. So I like the Saints over. You can find them at eight wins. I think that should be closer to nine and a half. Okay, very good. The Dolphins have done everything to help out Tua at quarterback. Do you have faith in him to pull it off this year? And uh, maybe this team could be a threat in the East? When I saw the move with Hill, I, like it's, it was exciting and, and there was like it was a big name and it was just it, within the flurry of everything. So there was yeah. it was a lot of fun. But when you think about like how Hill has looked and worked with the Chiefs and what he's been great at, it doesn't in my head necessarily fit with what we've seen Tua do and how he sort of manages through games and how short his average depth of target is and how that offense is really condensed. But maybe Hill is the guy that ultimately opens things up. And then obviously with Waddle, that could be interesting. But, I mean, there's no doubt you put the ball in Hill's hands, and that's going to be obviously effective, and and Tua could do that. But, I mean, it's just 
there's something about that team overall with two at quarterback that just leaves me generally uncertain. And within that division, I mean, the Bills are rightfully so priced at the top. Um, I just, I don't know within this AFC again, like do you trust two or more than mm-hmm. you trust five or six of these other top tier quarterbacks, even with the addition of Hill, even with how good Waddle was looking. I just, I can't quite get there with Miami. I think maybe they're a touch high, but they're sort of the one team overall that with the hype that surrounded them, I'm not necessarily fully buying into. Three minutes. What, what's the pe- your pecking order in the AFC West? Packing order in the AFC West. So it still has to be Chiefs number one. Then I think it's very clearly Chargers two, Broncos three, Raiders four. Okay. All right. So matches matches the odds board. But I mm-hmm. like what I would sort of stress there is a lot of people, I think, look at the Broncos as a very clear number two. Even before the Chargers continue to make their moves and strengthen their roster, I never thought that with the addition of Wilson, the Broncos just automatically leaped over the Chargers. Me, me that too. Was, that yep. was never, mm-hmm. I never got that impression, okay. and I never reflected that in anything I was thinking about from a pricing standpoint. I always thought the Chiefs were very clear one, but, but to me, the Chargers are being discounted a little bit still. The Broncos, I think they're really going to miss Fangio on the defensive side. That was really last year an average defense that Fangio got a lot out of, and they've taken a bit of a step back so far in the offseason. We'll see what that ultimately looks like. But there's just, I don't know, like, is Wilson going to be that quarterback that drops back 40 times to win a game? Like, I just, to, he's, he's been on a decline. We, like, we think last year and what he was doing in the middle part of that season, nobody was awfully excited about Russell Wilson. We put him in this offense, and now everybody all of a sudden loves him again. I think he's still an above-average quarterback, but the way that he's being treated like a top three or four guy, uh, just not for me. So I think the Chargers here, a little bit unnoticed. I still think they're a very clear number two to challenge the Chiefs. Hey, Adam, great talking to you again. Uh, Tremendous job covering the story today up in Ontario. Huge news, obviously, with uh, uh, sports betting now legalized in that province, and you can follow Adam on Twitter. He's at Adam Chernoff, and uh, with Covers.com as well. You guys have done a a bang-up job covering everything. Uh, we're up against it right now, but let's plan on having you on again uh, leading up to the draft, okay? Absolutely. And you guys need to get up here. There's a big army that watches you guys every single morning on Sportsnet. We now have the betting in Ontario. We need you guys up here for a weekend at some point. Yeah, we would love to do it, man. Thank you. Good luck Thank with you. everything. Thanks, guys. Chat soon. Yep. Be good. So, yeah, massive day for everybody watching this show up on Sportsnet in Canada. Yeah, let's plan that, huh? Let's make that happen. It's in the works, I understand. Yes. Toronto, and then good to uh, hear. maybe Edmonton can make a run. Uh, we should also maybe have Mike Pritchard on, who does a show here on VEASAN, played in the NFL for 10 years. I, had, uh, I met with him at dinner with him on Saturday. He brought up an excellent point on Tyreek Hill and how it's going to be difficult for Tua to get him the ball this year. How about trading Parker in the division? Yeah, I know. Yeah. But that's, that's a nice addition for the Patriots. Oh, they needed to do that. Yeah. And now over the weekend, turns out that if the price is right, the Seahawks... Could listen to offers for DK Metcalf. Patriots yep. a possibility there. Everyone's got a price. Yes. Yep. Uh, somehow this franchise pulled it off for the 16th consecutive year. Details on that next. Follow the money on VSEN, the sports betting network. 
Wendy's Breakfast is the official breakfast of March Madness. One more game tonight. It is the Natty. Every day, choose from Wendy's stacked starting lineup like the breakfast baconator, croissant combos, and hot or cold coffee. And like any great team, Wendy's is bringing the breakfast legends, oven-baked sizzling bacon, freshly cracked eggs, perfectly seasoned breakfast potatoes, and a simply OJ to bring it home. Make a fast break to your nearest Wendy's drive-thru and pick up your Wendy's breakfast the official breakfast of March Madness. Choose wisely. Choose Wendy's. You don't drink coffee, do you? Ever? No. I heard. I was watching uh, The Edge with Matt Humans and Jonathan Von Tobel last week, and they were doing this, uh, discussing Wendy's and the breakfast bac- baconator. And Matt, dead serious. He goes to JBT. He's like, "Wait, they make cold coffee? You can get iced coffee?" <laughs> <laughs> I just was watching the show, and I thought he was joking at first, as as an iced coffee connoisseur. Oh sure, yeah. You know, I was like, wait, he generally has no idea. He never. I don't. I think he said he's never had a sip of coffee in his life. Wow. Yeah. I don't know how he does it. Three hours of sleep every night. Eats fast food five, six, seven times a day. Yeah, he's not from this earth. No, he's not. Did you know this about the Sacramento Kings? It's official now. Uh, They have missed the playoffs sixteen consecutive times. It's a new NBA record. They were making the playoffs every year. They were a contender every year. And then let's get rid of Adelman and let's just change coaches every other year. And it's just been a disaster between that and the draft. You passed on Luca, and his, and, his, and his former coach was on the staff. I mean, that's just that's all you need to know. And Trey Young, right? They took Bagley, Bagley number two. Bagley over Trey Young and Luca. Good job, fellas. Yep. Took Jimmer, took Stauskas. I mean, it just <laughs> the, the, the oh, trade Halliburton. What? I, I just. What not to do? Yep. Look at the Sacramento Kings. Yep, exactly. So now we're getting a bunch of feedback today. It appears as if, if you shop around, you can find the Jazz at minus 120. If you're like me, and if you have a ticket on the Nuggets to win this division at 20 to 1 or in that neighborhood, minus 120, I think, is a great time to hop in on a hedge bet here. I don't know if I can find that myself here in Las Vegas, but I will be looking today, no doubt. You have to. Don't be stubborn. Uh, they have a half-game lead, but Utah has the tiebreaker. And Utah has four left. Denver has three. Denver gets them all at home. Big one tomorrow for Utah. What a schedule tomorrow in the association. God. Utah gets Memphis at home tomorrow. Denver plays them in their next game coming up. It's a big one for oh, San Antonio's in. I mean, the Lakers, they'd have to completely collapse. They have the tiebreaker over the Lakers, up three with four to play um, with that tiebreaker. But this is just, you know, you're, you're like the Bulls. You can't wait to bet against Chicago in the first round? Yeah. I can't wait to bet against Utah. Oh, me too. That's I mean, times it's, 10. It's just every, after every loss, Gobert says something negative. And Quinn Snyder even says, I wish he wouldn't talk after losses. And it just, Mitchell can't stand them. They don't get along. <laughs> no, not at all. And I and a lot of people have said this, and they're exactly right. If they fall behind 2-0 in the first series, all that stuff will just start. And, and just, so Quinn Snyder's gone. Mitchell going to the Knicks. Mitchell's going to leave. They mm-hmm. have to build and blow it. Start over again. I will be looking to. They lay missed a, their chance last year. Yep, I, I'm going to be looking to lay a game and a half in the series against the Jazz and the Celtics. I'm sorry, and the Bulls in the first round of their playoffs. By the way, San Antonio's schedule. Have you seen it? It's rough. Okay, they. But so is the Lakers. Lakers right. go to Phoenix uh, tomorrow. That's a loss. Here's San Antonio's schedule: at Denver, at Minnesota, Golden State, at Dallas. They can lose out. I mean, it depends on what those teams are going to do and how they're going to approach those games, obviously, in the final week. But those are four losable games for San Antonio. So all this talk about maybe, like, the Lakers completely shutting it down, I wouldn't go that far. Although, again, at Phoenix, at Golden State, Oklahoma City, at Denver. Well, they're saying it's over, though. 
The Lakers know they. Yeah. It's it's slim and none. So is that what they're only playing for right now? Is LeBron's going to come back and maybe play in two more games, although he missed yesterday's action, so he can actually qualify for the scoring title? Well, it'd be a monumental thing. I mean, you know, it would be. Yeah. Historic about with the gap, what he can do. As Winhorse mm-hmm. said when he was on with us, that he wants to get that. Joker now is three sixty to win the MVP. Jaw's been bumped up to eight fifty for most improved in the Celtics. Are, these are all at Bet Rivers, and the Celtics are a dollar sixty to win the Atlantic. I don't know what Philly's going to do down the stretch, how they're going to treat that, and maybe give Harden a, a break. Well, I think we saw but, yesterday that uh, Embiid wants to surpass LeBron and win the scoring title. Mm-hmm. He also he very badly the, wanted the MVP, and I think he knows now he's not going to win it. But he's going out there every night and try, you know put put up forty plus last night again, and a ton of rebounds. Now Boston. Uh, they have the tiebreaker, but they have three games left, and they're all on the road. Chicago, Milwaukee, and Memphis. That is tough, and that goes back to, uh, but you don't know what these teams are going to do and how they're going to play it. Mm-hmm. Maybe maybe you get a motivated Milwaukee team that wants the, the one or the two, or maybe you, they sit people, and or and, and Mem- I would expect Memphis to sit people. That's a final game of the year, but this is it's the unknown. With and, and you think that teams are not going to really care anymore about potentially playing no. the Nets as a seven? That's out the window. How can you be afraid of them? No one's afraid of them. They can't defend. They can't, they get can't st- defend anybody. They, they don't, no one else can score other than the big two. That's it. And Kyrie's inconsistent now that he's got to play on a regular Correct. basis. Correct. I'll give you one more to watch for. And it goes for avoiding the play-in. How about the T-Wolves down the stretch playing this team? I don't know if you want to do money line parlays or maybe because they're going to be laying some significant points. They close now with three straight at home against Washington, San Antonio, and Chicago. Okay. Yeah. So currently, they are the seven seed. They're a game and a half back of Utah. And Utah, again, with Memphis, OKC, Phoenix, and at Portland, well, two of those games are very winnable. Doesn't mean they will, but two of them are absolutely, I mean, they should absolutely kill Portland. But that, that's actually not that far-fetched. If the T-Wolves would win out, they're game and a half back right now, and they could get some help by Utah losing, they could actually maybe land at the six, and Utah would be in the play-in? I can't see that. Utah, it's possible. Utah but, has the tiebreaker. Yeah, they do. But I'm talking yeah. about Minnesota going out there and wanting to put these teams away. On a night-in, night-out basis might be something to look for. And again, that total yesterday against Houston was 245. Flew over. Yeah, Yes, it did. Yeah. I can't get a read on them, though. I thought they would uh, punt on some of these games because they're pretty much locked into the seven. They would need, and, they need an act of God there. Utah would have to lose out. But, or, but that would, they, but, they have to lose three, basically. Yeah. And OKC, I mean, after they beat the Suns by 30 yesterday, and the way the Jazz are rolling, you never know. Mm. Crazier things have happened again. Uh, T-Wolves now have won two straight. They had a rough stretch, but I mean, they played some good teams here in the last you know month or so. And, and it, it, the Clippers are going to be the eight, and then uh, New Orleans and, and San Antonio. Can, New Orleans will get the nine, because you're right. There are losses coming with the Spurs. I mean, to, th- to think the Lakers, you couldn't even get in the play-in and San Antonio's 12 games under 500. Yeah. It's just a joke. And then what, if, oh. what happens if they actually get there and then win and land at the eight spot? Probably not going to happen. That's it for Zion? I guess we're not going to see him? I don't think so. He's not going to play at all. I don't think that's going to happen, and I'm also done caring wow. about what Ben Simmons is going to do. Uh, yeah. That, that I is punted re- on that a while ago. If they shame on it. I know that's that's their job, but the fact that if if they pay if he wins this, you, you're kidding me. Oh, with the thing Mental, about he wants his twenty million dollars. 
He doesn't play a game. I want my $20 million? Yeah. Go pound sand. Yeah, get, get out of here. What are you talking here. about? Shoo. That was not mental health. You wouldn't even show up to the facility. Correct. Give me a break. Yeah, that's, it's, I hate to see it, but he's using it like as a convenient excuse. Yes, he is. Yep. Yes, he is. I feel no pity for him whatsoever. Yep. Uh, and the other thing, too, is uh, what's going to happen with Dallas and Golden State with the three and the four. Huge win for Golden State to come back and beat Utah. Oh, no question. Is that, I mean, Memphis, would you want to play Memphis in the second round or Phoenix? I guess Memphis is hot, so it doesn't matter. You'll meet them up, meet with, uh, play them at some point. But those semifinal matchups are going to be intriguing. But but it also goes for, like, who you're going to get in the first oh, round. that's true, right. Would you rather get the Jazz was, or the Nuggets? Right, uh, yeah. I mean, it's a no-brainer you want to play Utah right now. Yes. That's another one, too. They were showing Jamal Murray last night quite a bit on that broadcast against the, the Lakers. What are we? What's going to happen there? All these players in the NBA have reached out now to him who have gone through, you know, torn ACLs and are like, man, I know this absolutely stinks. We're hoping they can come back at some point. Yeah, we're up, we're up against the anniversary when that yeah, happened. That, yeah, right. Yes. Right? The other thing, that was the third time what happened Saturday night. That is the third time this year Utah has blown a 20-point lead, second time in a week. And also the same house of horrors where they blew it in the playoffs. Going well. Of that big lead against the Clippers, and they, and they lost that game. Oh, if you're going to go out, just go out in style then, huh? Blow it like this, and then just bring just go scorched earth next year and bring it all down. Mitchell demanding trades. This week is going to be nuts. I, I would expect a lot of books not even to put a lineup until we get close to tip. Well, you don't know what these teams are going to do. I mean, how they're going to think. Think about what do we? How many games do we have? Is it twelve or thirteen games tomorrow? Mm-hmm. When we're on the air tomorrow, twelve hours before tip off, I'm anticipating two games to be on the board, maybe three games to be on the board. Wait till Friday. Thursday, Friday. Yeah. Wait, maybe wait, maybe wait, a little bit more out. tomorrow, but so. early, yeah, later in the week, it's going to be, uh-huh. you can have no chance at early in the morning. You're going to know nothing about these teams, are, how they're going to approach these games. You're going to Milwaukee, L.A. part two? Of course. Hey, seven key guys sit and don't play. That and then a 15-point move and it doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah. Right? 153 <laughs> by the Clippers. Yeah. What, Covington have 40 or something? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Good Lord. Uh, up next... Kansas and North Carolina in the national championship game. I think a big question is how many possessions we're going to get in this contest with a high total. Kansas had 58 against Villanova. Didn't matter. Still scored 81. Carolina scored the exact same amount on 69 possessions. We'll talk about this national championship game here on Follow the Money's Visa and the Sports Betting Network. The Sports Betting Network. Welcome back. Get everything you need to bet on baseball this season. 24-7 streaming, daily best bet emails, advice, data, strategy, only $19. Digital MLB guide at vsun.com. Available now. Adam Burke breaks down futures, team previews, and best bets for 30 teams. Sign up today and get full access to vsun through the start of the baseball season, the Masters, and the Draft. Only $19 at vcin.com slash draft. I stand corrected. Thanks for the tweet from Alan Harris on Twitter. Um, Lakers-Suns, only game not showing a line for tomorrow already. Actually shocked there's as many early numbers. Okay. So we will have, but to your point, though, like later on Thursday and Friday, then good luck catching yeah, numbers earlier this year. Yeah, with two games left, right. When you yeah. get the, then it's, I don't think you know what they're going to do. 
uh, thanks to Tom and some of the tweets. He met Gene Simmons at Dodger Stadium. Dustin told the story. He was at a game and Kobe Bryant walked by. But uh, Mitch's encounter with uh, Cranston and Aaron Paul from Breaking Bad over the weekend. That was uh, it's a great shot. That's a great picture. They seemed like nice oh, guys. Oh, they, they were great. I, could, I mean, they were hang awesome. Out. That's, Two yeah. guys that you could tell within 10 seconds, like, you could hang out with them all night long. Yeah, because uh, there was another, you know, uh, Maynard, the lead singer of Tool. Yeah. He's a big wine guy. Yeah. And he had a, um, it was supposed to be a meet and greet. But if, like, you bought a, a bottle of wine, he would sign it. But it was, like, roped off. Apparently, you couldn't even get to it. It was, like, six like feet away was, still. Yeah. No eye contact. Yeah, right. No, I don't know if that was right. But, this not, is, but yeah. that was that was incredible. That photo about uh, I just I'm so I'm so impressed with uh, Cranston's resume, and I, I was getting feedback like on Twitter about other stuff that he's done that I've never seen before. So I'm gonna have to go back and watch that stuff. But that show was the Breaking Bad is my favorite show of all time. Yeah, good. He has a good breakdown of how he goes about selecting scripts. Oh, is that right? He looks, yeah. Okay, Google that. Yeah, I Fair, thought the Tim thorough Wall- answer very good. Yeah, I got to go back now after meeting him. I have to go back and watch the Tim Wally era of Seinfeld. <laughs> I got to do it. The, the, the re-gifting, the Super Bowl tickets. Oh, we lost Estelle. Did you see that? I, yes. I know. 93, I think she Brutal. was. The mother. Yeah. George's mom. Tough. And that led into like a conversation of like secondary characters in Seinfeld and yeah. where she would rank all time. But yeah, she was uh, awesome. Um, Good point. Even the second, even like uh, Banya. Oh, you can't even rank them. Watley. Uh, Peterman. So good. Yes. Jackie Childs. Yes. Was thrown out there. Yeah. And he was only on like three shows or so. Putty. Putty was Putty? good. Oh, my God. All right, so what do you do with the game tonight? I like I like the favorite. I'll come right back with Kansas. I, I just think it's uh, it's a big ask now for Carolina to uh, settle down, range of emotions, and then come right back after you beat your rival and then come back two days later and knock off the, the only one seat here that's able to uh, run through. And Kansas has been it's been a hell of a run, right? Yeah. We, we, we asked several guests last week who has the best A game, and most of them said Kansas. Were you surprised by that? No, because well, the, the Miami second half had just happened. Yeah, too. but right. what they did against Villanova—I mean, no one does that to Villanova. But I like that they played with pace. They—they they, it should have been an easy twenty twenty-five point win where they got away from pounding it in down low. But the other thing is, I guess you could say that about a lot of teams. But if they are knocking down threes and shooting like they did, well, if Abaji does that oh, again, come on, that's not even fair. It's it's over with tonight. Right. Yeah, right. they, they will win the game, and I'm convinced yep. they will cover if the, he has a game like that again. Largest lead, 13 and a half. First field goal, three, is plus 235. Both games Saturday, the first made basket was a three. Yeah, Love is 17 and a half, his prop. Um, will any player score 25 points here? Yes, is plus 225. I mean, if we're going to get 152 points, that's the total tonight. I would think somebody's yeah. going to go for 25 again. It happened a bunch of times on Saturday. But Carolina can still play the no-respect card. I mean, here it is. They're, they're For the fourth time in this tournament, they're an underdog. And they're in the title game. And they would be the second eighth seed ever to win it. And Nova did in 85. They shot 79% in that game, beating Georgetown. Team total, 77.5 and 74.5. And, and uh, all you people out there, I will questions about hedging. This is a great example how you lock in a profit. I mean, if you have Carolina at a big price, you lock in that profit. Okay? I mean, I would also wait... To bet if and do so, Kansas money line right before tip. Because this will be a little bit like the Super Bowl? Yes. It'll okay. be I want Carolina to win the game. Forget about the points. So we're getting a bunch of questions today again. Email FTM at Beeson.com and on Twitter. And this is always a tricky one for me to answer because we're talking to people who we don't know. 
right? And I don't know your bankroll, and I don't know how much you have on the game, and I don't know what your overall like unit size is, et cetera. But we're getting questions about people who have Kansas to win the national title at 14 to 1 or maybe even a little bit higher. How do you hedge the game? Do you bet Carolina plus four and a half, which is available right now, or do you bet Carolina on the money line? To me, that's an individual choice. It's entirely up to you. If you want to lock in a profit and take that plus 155 or 160 with North Carolina. Yeah. Oh, good point. There's a lot of Kansas futures out there. Yeah, sure. Or, or if you want to try to win both, it's got to land exactly at four or below then for you to win both those bets. I did that a couple, just one example. It can go either way, but I did that a couple years ago when I had Villanova at 30-1 to to win the national title. I did it in the Final Four and in the title game. I took the points. It was set up beautifully. I lost both both hedges because Villanova was a machine that year, and they killed everybody. Right. Also what you could be up against if you want to wait till in play. Yeah, sure. What if if a repeat of what happened against Nova? You look up, it's 12-2. Isn't that the the crazy thing? They only had 58 possessions again, but Mm -hmm. they came out on fire, and it was just up and down. They couldn't miss. And everybody talked about how that game was going to go under 133. Well, that was dead two minutes after tip-off. And then the North Carolina-Duke game, nobody could hit a damn shot. And that total eventually went over. I had over 71 for the first half. I don't know how I got a push. Yep. But Duke with a three-point lead at halftime and then just the back and forth. Unbelievable. I I went back and watched the second half again. Oh, it's so good. Gonzaga-Duke, Gonzaga-UCLA was better. But this was, it was. Uh, this, this lived but, up to the hype, though. But well, all the things pitch. considered, I mean, his final game yeah. in that moment with a chance to make it to the national championship game, and that's what happened? Well, the other thing, and I agree with Mike Palm, who said this Thursday, all the pressure was on Duke. Carolina, Carolina was on a free roll. It's like, are we going to beat you again? Yeah. And we're an eight seed? Uh, I know what they're going to say. Maybe not right after the game, but how future will look at If Bill Self can't win this one, oh, there's- you're going to lose to an eight seed now? You have all this talent, all these NBA players, all these ones. You have one national title. Got one. And in, because Memphis couldn't make a free throw. You blew, they blew that game. Oh, yeah, they did. So I know it's hard to win. Izzo has one. Few doesn't have any. Bayheim has one. Self has one. Yep. you, you got to win this game if you're Self. I would agree. I Come mean, on. he's, he's been a one seed, seed so many I, times. I know they're hot, and they're, they're, but it, it, still, you're a one seed. They're an eight. you got to win this game. So here's Bill Self now talking about tonight's game, saying, like, yeah, my players, they need to go out there and finish the job. It has been. You know, uh, you know we, we've had some, some really terrific seasons and some, uh, and some great teams uh, that came up short. And uh, I do think that when you have as, as many good teams as we've had, you know, uh, uh, at most places winning one national championship would be quite an accomplishment. I, I think as many good teams as we've had, uh, uh, you know, one's not enough. And so uh, uh, I don't think that I personally feel pressure that we have to win, but I do uh, know that that uh, when, you, when you have a chance to coach at a place where uh, you have an opportunity to be in the game uh, most years, uh, you need to take advantage of that more than we, we have. All right. He At least he it. acknowledges that's that. That's good. That's a good answer because he, yes, he, at most places, yeah, sure, that's great. But you have to, you also, there are some ugly losses on that resume. Yeah. He had the Morris Twins and couldn't beat VCU. He was this close to losing to Steph Curry and Davidson. Uh, but he got lucky. He got beat by Northern Iowa. He got beat by Bucknell. He got beat by Bradley. So there's plenty of bad losses there. Yep. How about this stat I heard over the weekend? Since Kansas won their national title with uh, Bill Self. The three other teams in the Final Four won two. <laughs> Nova, Carolina, and Duke oh. had all won two. 
at least two. I think yeah. Carolina may, maybe won three. But that's absolutely nuts. Uh, and so a big matchup down low to me and the impact of what Baycott's going to have for North Carolina after the ankle injury and the foot problem now is like, I, it's an unknown. Mm-hmm. Here's Hubert Davis talking about Baycott versus McCormick. Obviously, it's a great matchup in the post. Two unbelievable post players that um, can rebound the basketball and can score consistently down low in the paint. It's a big emphasis for us as well as Kansas. And um, it could ultimately come down to the winner of that matchup being the, t- the uh, determining factor of who wins the championship. So, But Armando looks really good, and he's very encouraged and ready to play tomorrow night. Looks really good. And Baycott said you have to cut his foot off so he doesn't play. Yep. He had 20 rebounds again in that game. What a story. He's a monster down low. He's done a nice job, Dave. I mean, you lose the pit, you're on the bubble, and at that point they were 1-6 against top 25 teams. Uh, like five and losses they, by 17 points. Yeah. I watched the Kentucky game. Kentucky beat him by 30. Yeah, and now they've won 11-12. But the other thing was the loss. How about Vatek? Vatek they, they yeah. ran out both of those final four teams. Yeah. On their way to winning the ACC tournament, and then they lose in the first round. Yep. All right, it is uh, Follow the Money here on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network, on Twitter at VSIN Live at Mitch Moss Radio at Paulie Howard. And the email again is FTM at VSIN.com. We will head to New Orleans coming up next. Ed Graney has covered to like 25 Final Fours. He sat courtside for um, all of them. Where does he rank Saturday's game in all time Final Four games that he's watched in person? And we have to find out about Baycott and if he thinks he is going to play, judging by what Hubert Davis said he's going to, but how big of an impact he's going to have on the game. That's coming up next. Meet. 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 